What is going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here. Glad to have you with us this month. Here is what's coming up on this month's jam-packed show. We've got best-selling sales book author Alex Goldfain on the show today. Talking about his new book, Five Minute Selling, the proven and simple way that can double your sales even when you don't have time in five minutes. Alex is coming up here in just a few. And we've got some listener questions coming in from Yasmith in Chicago, having trouble getting people to pick up the phone. Yeah, got an answer for that. Roger in Tampa, he's offered some huge discounts and nobody's biting. Hmm. Mike Obert and I will dissect that one. And Tristan from New York City, she's saying webinars are nearly dead. She can't hardly sell them. Looking for some advice there as well. Charity Huff from January Spring is going to be coming up as we talk about more digital sales strategy and then a brand new segment called Websites to Watch. So David Walsh from Web Publisher Pro and I are going to dissect a B2B and a consumer website, and then we'll one throw one in we'll call the grab bag random website. What's good, what's bad, it's called Websites to Watch. So Alex Goldfain, your questions, Charity, David, oh my gosh, jam-packed show, all coming up here next. Stick around and stay close. Here we go. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. Wow, we've got a jam-packed show for you this month. Hey guys, you know that I don't have guests on the podcast very often, and the reason I don't is because of your feedback. You've said to me, hey, um, Ryan, we get on the podcast to listen to your sales advice about selling advertising, and I really appreciate that. But every now and again, somebody reaches out, and I'm like, yes, that is somebody we definitely need uh, to have on the program. And that person this month is my friend Alex Goldfain. And I have known Alex for quite some time. We spoke at some conferences together, uh, but I know him from his best-selling business book called Selling Boldly. Um, and now he's got a new book coming out called Five Minute Selling. And so every now and again, a guest reaches out and I feel like they deserve to be on the show. And so Alex, I truly feel that you're one of those people. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. It's, it's great to talk with you. It's been a really long time since we've talked, but I'm excited to talk with you and, and I'm really psyched to um, discuss this, which actually arrived literally two days ago. Nice. So you're one of the first people in the world uh, to actually see this book, right? Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, the moment that a book kind of goes from your head and the computer screen into the book. It's like a really cool moment for the author because there it is, right? Exactly. Something you could hold in your hands for the first time. So five minutes selling. Um, you know, I love the title. and uh, But let me first start out, if you don't mind, um, without digging too deep into the world of, of COVID, I think you probably would agree that uh, things have changed out there uh, for salespeople here in COVID and, and whatever you might want to call post-COVID world. What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, a thousand percent it's changed uh, for we salespeople and it's changed for our customers too. You know, we're selling from a different place than we might normally sell from. And also our customers are buying from a different place our customers would normally be. And, you know, I, I wrote this book in uh, most of it was written in January before uh, anything having to do with COVID. And then we got into the editing process. Uh, and in May and around the middle of May, I wrote a note in the book at the very beginning. There was a couple pages early on. And what it says is everything in the book is about selling to people 
kind of from a distance. Right. You know, it's all about the telephone and what we say to people on the phone and how do we follow up on quotes and proposals and how do we tell them about additional products and services we can sell them and how do we do that in system for five minutes a day. So the point of that note from me early on was everything in the book, not only does it still work uh, in our times now, it works better. It's actually more effective to be present for our customers. Why? They're not traveling anywhere like they used to. They're not going into meetings like they used to. They're not running around. Ryan, we're all doing the same thing, man. We're all sitting at our desks. Here, you're sitting at yours. I'm sitting at mine. All of our customers are at theirs. And guess what they have with them at their desk? They've got their phone. And guess what's going on with that phone? Nothing. Yeah. Nobody's (laughs) calling, man. No one's calling. We think we assume, presume that their phones are ringing off the hook. No, their phones are silent. And they will tell you, if you ask them, ask a customer today. Try this. Right. If you're listening to us now, ask a customer, listen, how often does your phone ring from somebody trying to sell you something when nothing's wrong? Somebody you know, so you've got a relationship with the person, right? They know your name, you know their name. Um, and nothing's on fire. Nothing's right. wrong. So not it's going to be late, not uh, I don't have the product that you bought for me. But Ryan, it's Alex. How are you? Right. How's your family? How did the summer go? What are the kids doing about school, which is starting up? And by the way, then you pivot to the sale, to the business. Ryan, what are you working on these days that I can help you with? Right? Because I'd exactly. like to help you. And so what's going on that I can add some value with? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things that I notice in working with folks that's just so often overlooked. If every time you reach out to somebody, you're asking for something, if every time you're seen as a salesperson, and I love what you're saying because, hey, let's let's reach out and say, hey, how are you? What's going on? How can I be of help? And I yeah. love that approach. You yeah. might even try something more direct. You might say, what are you buying from my competition that I can help you with? Yeah. Right? I call love that the it. reverse did you know question. There's a chapter in the book. What do you need? I had a client ask their customer once, what's on your wish list, Ryan? Right. The customer gave him 24 things. Wow. Because it's on their wish list. Yeah. And I said, how many have you sold? He's telling the story in front of his uh, all of his colleagues. And he said, I've only sold uh, 18 so far. I said, well, geez, you've got six more to go. Get to work. Right, you know? exactly. And of course, each product is a repeat purchase product, something that the customer is going to buy over and over again. Yeah. No, Ask great. your customers what they need from you. They will never say to you, no, I'd rather you not make my life easier today. Nobody right. will say that. To you, <laughs> right? Everybody wants to be helped. And this book is a system of helping more customers more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, you know, I noticed in the book um, on several pages, you've got uh, worksheets or you've got lines, things for people to fill out to track yeah. the day. Why do you yeah. feel like the tracking and writing that down is uh, is so important? I think that uh, the system is the key because you can download this right on my website, goldfane.com. So this is a proactive call planner and it has eight different kinds of people you can call. Right. I think the reason we don't call people, Ryan, is we don't know who to call. Sure. Right. That's how complicated my stuff is. So <laughs> you find yourself with, with a half hour, right, of free time. The email doesn't tell you who to call proactively. Right. Uh, the the uh, CRM is a list of names and numbers and contact information. But unless you use it perfectly, it's not going to tell you who to call. And almost nobody uses it perfectly. Right, so right. we don't call people because we don't take five or ten minutes at the beginning of the week and write down who to call. And so I've got eight categories of people on that planner. One of them is uh, – Customers you haven't talked to in six months or more. Absolutely fantastic group to reach out to. Another one is uh, customers who used to buy but stopped. 
You know, so try to think five people in each of those categories. You can't right. do it off the top of your head because you're not talking to them, right? Yeah. They're literally not in our head. Yeah. And you also are not in their head. Right, right, exactly. So you connect with them and say, listen, it's been a while since we've talked. How are you? I was thinking about you. Now, what do you need? I want to help you. Yeah. You know, they don't have anybody like this in their lives. If you go to somebody and offer help and value, sure. you're literally going to be the only one. Yeah. You know, it really is the and key. So, yeah, it is you the asked key. Me, you asked me why are the forms and why are the planners and the trackers? There's two planners and two trackers in the book. And again, you can download them whether you buy the book or not. You might as well go look at them because I think you can use them. Um, the reason is the system is the key. So right. if you make some calls or do some quote or proposal follow ups, when you happen to think about it here and there, it's fleeting. Actions on their own are fleeting. It's a snowflake that falls to the ground and melts. If you do it in system, which is to say, every day I'm going to uh, follow up on five quotes or proposals, you're going to close about a third to a half of what you follow up on. Right. Uh, now, instead of snowflakes, you have a blizzard. Right. You have a blizzard of activity and, and sales success. New things opened, things progressed, and things closed. I've got a two-week challenge in the book at the beginning. The two-week challenge is give me uh, five proactive calls. Five did you know questions Did you know I can also help you with this or that. And I think five quota proposal follow. That's 15 things in a week. It's great. Each week. That's five things a day. Uh, so 15 things is three things a day, right? In a right. five day week. Right. Three things a day is going to take you like, I mean, a minute or two. Right. Yeah. It's called five minute selling, but you're yeah. going to have time to spare. Right? right. Right. And if you do that for two weeks, I'm asking you for 50 minutes, five zero. Right. Out of an 80 hour week. And what you'll find with all of that, that's 30 proactive efforts, right? Right. Into, you're going to find more new business opened, business progressed to a close, and you'll actually close some things. And when you do that, the success will come quickly, and you're going to be hopefully wanting a little more of it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and if you combine the five-minute selling with 10-minute abs, I mean, you've got a complete system for life, right? <laughs> you'll have a six-pack and lots of money. There you go. And by the way, there are no cold calls anymore because we all have the pandemic in common. Agreed. I see customers feeling like they owe salespeople their business right. when they see the salespeople trying, making an effort. Yeah. And I've had clients tell me all the time, like, they're trying so hard, I feel like I owe them the business. Right. You know? <laughs> and so they're going to look for ways to reward you if only you are present. It's a really great place to be. Look, so 90 to 95% of salespeople operate reactively, Agreed. right? We answer the phone. We take orders, we solve problems. We're world-class at solving problems. And so if you can be proactive, still do those things, but for five minutes be proactive and say, Ryan, how you doing, man? It's Alex, I was thinking about you, right? right. Um, then you're instantly vaulting yourself into that five to 10%, the top five to 10%. You make yourself stand out literally from everybody else and you're going to be the only one in your customer's life who's going to call them on the phone today when nothing's wrong yeah. and say, I was thinking about you. Now, how can I help? Right. Exactly. If you have to leave a voicemail, you leave the damn voicemail. Right. That's not a loss. That's not a failure. You haven't been yeah. rejected by a voicemail. They get to hear your voice. They get to hear your name. And again, you're the only one on that voicemail. Nobody else is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a common mis misconception that everybody is inundating folks uh, right now in the remote workspace and it's just not occurring. But I can tell you that a lot of people are sending emails, lots of emails, thousands of emails. I feel like the phone's the differentiating factor. 
I read maybe last week, Grasshopper Research, 10 times more likely you are to have a quality conversation with somebody about sales on the phone. 10 times more likely. Well, um, and now yeah. in our pandemic that we're in, people are craving that human contact. You know, we're not in the office with our colleagues anymore. Your customers are isolated and they're not used to isolation, you know? Right. So when you connect with people now, you end up having these deeper, more meaningful conversations because they're so happy to talk to somebody, to yeah. talk to a human, right, who's not bringing them a crisis that they have to resolve. <laughs> and so you, you you have a great human relationship interaction. And then even if, I mean, bring business up, but even if you don't, what's going to happen is they're going to call you in a week or two because they're going to be thinking about the conversation they had with you because they haven't had any other ones. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they're going to call you with opportunities. Agreed. Agreed. I think what the problem is, and this is one of the, the last things I'll ask you, I think there's this whole thought of I need to work smarter and not harder. And I'm one of those people that thinks you should be pretty darn smart about it. But now you're going to need to put in the hard work. You just are. So this whole silver bullet process is not going to happen. I don't know how you feel about the work smarter and not harder. I'm just a big fan of being really smart and working really, really hard. <laughs> People say to me, what's the secret? What's the magic bullet? Right. Which is words you just used. Yeah. And my answer is there is no damn magic bullet. There is right. no silver bullet. You know what the magic is? You know what the secret is? The work. Yes. The work is the secret. Agreed. The effort. The communications are the secret. Yeah. Right? Alex's book is Five Minute Selling. And you can find it uh, online. It's published by Wiley. And Alex, thanks so much for being here. I sure appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some thoughtful advice about uh, life, sales, uh, and of course, your new book. Thank you for having me. And uh, please uh, buy the book. And if you want those planners and trackers that we were talking about, Ryan, they're on my website. It's a free download. Uh, you go to goldfane.com, uh, just how you spelled it and uh, click on the book cover, which is bright yellow, and you can download the planners and the trackers. And even if you don't buy the book, you can use those things uh, to help you sell more. Thanks, Alex, so much. I very much appreciate you being on the program and good luck with the book, Five Minute Selling. All right, friends, we'll be back in 60 seconds. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors of the show. So if you would, uh, stick around, stay close for 60 seconds. We'll be back with Websites to Watch, a new segment, as well as Charity Huff talking digital strategy and Mike Obert with your listener questions. We'll be back in 60 seconds. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, one of my favorite parts of the podcast each and every month is when Charity Huff 
from January Spring out in Denver chimes in, and we talk digital sales. And um, I'm not sure that I'm ready to say that the COVID sales plummet is over, but we are seeing some green shoots out there, which is pretty cool. And I know you're seeing some green shoots, a little bit of growth here and there. What's happened with some of your clients on the digital sales front, Charity? Yeah, it feels like spring finally nice. has has sprung here on the digital front. And um, we are back to pre-COVID numbers inside of January spring and across our publishers. So folks are out actively having Zoom and telephone conversations and closing business. And what I have found interesting that's specifically happening right now in August is that folks are reaching out saying, we've got some big old RFPs that are coming in for 2021 where uh, bigger regional brands are starting to put together their their full year budget. Sure. So businesses, I think, have come through and said, okay, this is going to be around a while. We've got to figure this out. They've set their budget. It's heavily weighted towards digital. And that's what um, they're pushing out to our publisher friends, asking them for RFP responses. Now, friends um, that are listening to the podcast, we're not new to this. I mean, when we went through the Great Recession, all of you remember that, 06, 07, 08, 09, we went from 12-time contracts to six-time contracts to three-time contracts to nothing. And then we right. progressed, came out of it. It started to be with three and then six, eight, nine, 10, and 12. We got back to it. COVID hits and we're dropping back down again. And then we're going to be building back up again. So I feel like the digital front, I I'm trying to figure out why it is that a lot of folks are not trying out programmatic with their media companies, consumer and B2B. Do you feel like maybe are they they scared that it's going to cannibalize the print business? Well, I mean, what's the what's the reasons you're hearing that people are not doing it? It seems so beneficial to try it. Yeah, and I'm actually we have signed more publishers in this last four months than um, I had even forecasted pre-COVID because folks are figuring out that they need to have that audience extension offsite digital piece um, as part of their offering. But the the handful of folks that are not doing it, they're, they're hunkering down and they're really focused on making sure that they deliver on their print revenue first because that's their core. And I understand that point of view. Um, what we try and coach them around is that the digital budget is typically different than the print budget. And if they will wade into a broader marketing conversation with these business owners and these clients, they're going to find that they're not moving money. They're finding new money. That's excellent. It's good advice to, to think about. The other piece is I really feel that a lot of folks feel like I don't have time for this. I don't have an expert in-house to manage this and to run this. And you and, and other folks that are like you, that that is your business to help yep. them do that. So you do the heavy lifting, they do the sales part of it. Have you found that um, you know training the salespeople has it been tough or has it been pretty straightforward? What have you found when you hit the streets with folks? Yeah, no, we are spending all of our time on the phone and working with our sales partners, and. Uh, folks are open to this. I think um, that this has been another shift that people are saying, I'm hearing from clients that the shift to digital is here and done, right? Like right. this is part of how they're planning their 2021 budgets. So sales professionals are more open to the conversation with us and we are doing all the heavy lifting. We have a tried and true 
training program, sales coaching, marketing materials, the sales lyrics, everything you need so that if you're open to learning it, you're going to learn it and you're going to make some money. But I also see whether it's your radio, TV, whatever your circumstances, friends that are listening, um, if you're not playing with programmatic, um, if not you, then who? It's going to be somebody else in the market. So I feel like it's one of those things like you better get on board or you're going to be you know, one of those people that's like, okay, I've got it now. I've also got it now. And I don't know that you want to be a Johnny come lately um, or however you would say that in this scenario, in my opinion. I would agree with you. Yeah, of course you would agree with me on that one. Of course you would, no. Um, so, hey, friends, I know that, stra- uh, that strategy is what Charity just eats for lunch. She loves it. She loves to talk strategy. So please reach out to uh, Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Uh, and um, Charity, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you brought some green shoots to the program today uh, because I think right now all of us are looking for some light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. And I think that's uh, that's really great. So thanks so much for being here. We sure appreciate you. Thank you, Ryan. All right, friends and fans, a new installment, a new segment here uh, on the podcast each and every month. We're going to call it Websites to Watch. And from Web Publisher Pro, I brought in my friend uh, David Walsh. And uh, David, I thought it might be kind of fun uh, every month for us to look at a few media websites, maybe throw in one that's sort of unusual and give uh, people some places to go and and uh, look for uh, inspiration. I thought we might start over with um, a B2B site, then do a consumer site. One of the B2B sites that I've really uh, like a lot, David, is waterworld.com. So for those of you that aren't familiar, so it's waterworld.com. And I know you're listening, so maybe you can pull it up on your browser, friends, as you're uh, listening along. But Waterworld is a B2B magazine that is focused on all things water. So the water you drink and uh, waste and wastewater safety, water utility management and things like that. Um, I found it to be pretty intriguing. Did David, did you even know there was like a whole industry dedicated to water? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. And uh, I spent some time reading about it on the site because I found it quite fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I was one of the things and I'd, I'd love for you to share some of your thoughts. Um, I thought overall it's it's a it's a well-designed website. I noticed it works uh, mobile friendly. One of the things that I kind of liked is that they've got a banner ad that comes up at the bottom. You can shut it off, um, but I like the fact that in this gray or black area at the bottom, a banner ad pops up um, that somebody can shut off, but it basically stays with you for, for quite some time. But you may not like that. So that's one of the things I really liked because um, I, ad, but I'm in the ad sales business like everybody that's listening, right? And then um, the another thing that I kind of enjoyed is just the fact that it seemed like the content was, you know, pretty uh, pretty organized and allowed me to really find if I'm looking for environmental information or water utility information. But um, you're the you know you're the web ex- expert over at Web Publisher Pro. What were some of your thoughts about uh, the media website WaterWorld.com? Yeah, sure. I'll start with uh, the ad that you pointed out that comes up on the bottom. Uh, That's a really nice ad. We've seen ads like that get really high engagement, um, especially if uh, it's an intriguing message. Some of our publishers have just put kind of a even a simple line of text in a in a white box and it gets really high click through rates. Um, So that's a great ad placement. Um, Overall, I thought Waterworld had excellent ad placement. Um, They kind of 
disperse them throughout their content right. with a really nice symmetry, um, kind of bouncing between these like 300 by 250s to 300 by 600s, um, using kind of old IAB sizes. Um, and their content organization is great. Um, another thing I really like is it seems to me when you click on some of the uh, subcategories like wastewater mm -hmm. and drinking mm -hmm. water, uh, they really have this like sponsorship weighted um, advertising mm -hmm. on topics. So it looks like they serve ads to the categories um, in all their zones that are applicable to those categories. Um, and I'm sure they generate uh, a good amount of revenue by doing it that way because you're really – serving your ads to the readers that are looking at the topics related to your services that you provide. Um, one of the other ones, the consumer site. So every month, friends, we'll do a B2B site, a consumer site, and then sort of just a, a generic catch-all uh, kind of fun site. Um, I was also then uh, intrigued with MSP Magazine, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine on the consumer side. You can find that online, friends, at mspmag.com, mspmag.com. So they're the city and regional a publication covering Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, what do you think, David? What did you like? What did you dislike? What are your thoughts on uh, mspmag.com? Yeah, I thought they uh, overall they have a, a good site. Um, I like the kind of really large logo at the top. Coloring's good, mm -hmm. fonts are good. Um, they don't have the same symmetry with their ads, um, and some of their ads kind of get washed out a little bit in their hierarchy and design. Um, so, looking at you know Water World and how excellent they do the ads, and then going to an MSP, um, you can see a bit of a contrast in kind of. Uh, your selection of ad placements. Yeah, sure. I, I, one of the things I really liked on the MSP site was how they really did call outs for their sponsored content. Um, as we record this, I'm seeing on the front page, a home and design section. It's kind of got a reversed out. It's gray. It says sponsored. And I know that it says sponsored in big letters and people think that's a bad thing, but I don't know that people care. I like the fact that it's kind of gray. Um, it's sponsored by all energy solar, which is very cool. I kind of like the way that the sponsor piece was was kind of playing out. How are you guys um, at Web Publisher Pro when you're designing like sponsored pieces? Do you do it, you know, kind of reversed out like this? Or what do you guys like to do for designing sponsored stuff? Yeah, a lot of times it's reversed out, um, especially when you're mixing sponsored and non-sponsored editorial content. Um, so you have to, you know, show that contrast a lot of times um you know it comes down to like editorial integrity and they want to make yeah. sure that it's separated um but then you have a lot more flexibility when you do uh, a section that's entirely sponsored so like msps home and design um uh, they have the eat and drink section um, they do a lot with sponsored content yeah. i know it's a, a big driver for them um so the way that they do those sections, uh, I know, is working really well for them, and uh, they do it. They do it really well. Well, uh, shout out uh, to you know to uh, Irene uh, as well as Shelly and the cast and crew up there at MSP. They do a great job with their publication and their sales team rocks and, and things like that. All right, um, our grab bag site uh, this month uh, we came across mentalfloss.com, mentalfloss.com, 
And a couple things, and we're not necessarily endorsing the website, any of these sites or anything. We're just giving you some thoughts on it. Um, again, though, I see a lot of lists, and I'm, I'm kind of one of those list person. I kind of I, I like that. But I also like, you know, kind of random stuff that is just kind of fun to read. Like, for example, 10 Surprising Facts About River Phoenix, which I thought was was cool. Uh, the Surprising Stories Behind 12 Classic Pop Songs, which was, was kind of neat. Um, uh, how how uh, Rumor Clinics uh, Fought Fake News 80 Years Ago on a History Piece. So I just kind of thought that it was kind of neat. Every now and again, I feel like I want to go and find some random either good news or random fun things. Uh, to read. What did your, what were some of your thoughts about uh, mentalfloss.com, David? Uh, some of the things that were great for engagement. I mean, I'm also a big fan of lists, um, both for like reading and entertainment and also for on the website, search engine optimization and uh, gaining new readers. Um, but they have some really fun uh, engagement pieces like the amazing fact generator, um, I know yeah. just looking at it, I clicked it several times because I was amazed by all these fun facts I was reading. Um, yeah. So that was great. And uh, the the video content on the homepage is yep. just phenomenal. They have this like make sourdough, uh, how to make sourdough bread, which I know is huge, especially with my wife right yep. now. Yep. I'm going to have to send her this video. Yeah. Um, so it's really engaging. Uh, they have a lot of engaging content. And uh, uh a compliment to them is on their articles, they have the infinite scroll, which uh, I'm a huge fan of. As you scroll down, it loads into the next article. Um, on their site, you can scroll back up to the previous article. And I think they just have one of the best executions of that I've seen on any media site. And um, it, it's great because it'll actually reload ads. It'll count additional page views. It lowers your bounce rate um, and increases time on site. I mean, it's it's their execution of that is just great. And I would highly recommend users uh, go to their website and look at the articles and scroll around. Awesome. That's mentalfloss.com. The first website we talked about was waterworld.com and then mspmag.com. Uh, so I have a feeling it's going to be pretty popular. I know, friends, you're listening, so you're not able to see it exactly the same time but go check out those three websites and think you'll find some inspiration there as you're looking for new ad sizes new ad units new ways to help uh your advertisers so david walsh web publisherpro.com is the website i know that david loves to strategize about uh what he can do to help uh, your media companies bring in all kinds of new traffic and make a lot more money so david thanks so much we sure appreciate you being a part of the show every month hey thanks for having me I look forward to uh talking next month all right, friends and fans, it's that time. Listener questions. Uh, keep them coming, by the way. They're great. Send them to ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. You know, my entire life, Mike, I've been um, saying that. Oh, by the way, Mike Obert from Open Look is here. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> um, Thanks, Ryan. D -O Glad to be a part of it. Yeah, D-O-H-R-N. I mean, my entire life, I've, just, I've been spelling my name. And I actually bought Ryan, D-O-R-N dot com just so that people would, if they typed it in wrong, but um, <laughs> D-O-H-R-N, that's it. So there you go. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, I hope that uh, things are going well with you and your family uh, amidst COVID as well as uh, things can be can uh, can be considered good. Um, business strong with all your uh, fine clients over at Open Look? Business has been good. Uh, no complaints. We are continually adding people, more virtual employees, uh, more projects. So yeah, things uh, can't complain. That's good. And out on the sales uh, sales front, you have salespeople. You are a salesperson. Hey, we got um, three yep. questions here. We got uh, Yasmith in Chicago, uh, Roger from Tampa, 
and then Tristan from New York City. So uh, let's uh, let's dig into your listener listener questions now that Mike and I had a chance to catch up. <laughs> Yasmith uh, from Chicago uh, asks a good question. I'm still having issues getting people to pick up the phone. Any advice? Um, you mind if I kick that to you first, Mike? And uh, what are your what are your thoughts yeah. on getting people to pick up the phone? And then I've got something to share. Well, yeah, two things. One is, are you, are we talking about people that are current customers? Or are we talking about just cold call prospecting? And if I'm taking this as cold call prospecting, you know, some of the things that I'm doing as a publisher myself is um, I've been having good luck of calling people at odd hours. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, usually most salespeople don't make calls after five o'clock or you know something like that. But I'm finding that if you Take a little extra time uh, after five or during lunch hours or early in the morning or something like that. Um, I'm getting better response to people picking up the phone because people are like, why is somebody calling Who's that? at this time or this hour? Yeah. yeah. So that's one, one tip or something that I've been doing. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm one of those people that tries to, you know, I reach out and, and as you know, Mike, I prospect like at 11 and 4 pretty religiously. So uh, Yasmith, if you're one of those people that follows a predictable pattern, maybe it's time for you to kind of shake it up a little bit and just do something com- you know, completely different. The other thing is, uh, Mike, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I actually, if people don't pick the phone up and I just tell them not to call me back when I leave a voicemail, I say, you don't need to call me back, but if you could respond to this email I just sent. So a lot of times I'm, you are asking people to call you back that aren't going to call you back. So I'll use the voicemail and say, you don't have to call me back, but if you'd reply to that email I sent, that would be awesome. And I get people pretty regularly saying to me, oh, that's kind of a, you know, kind of a cool approach. I don't know. Do you ever try that, Mike? <laughs> Don't call me back. <laughs> I, I have not tried that because I do. I, I think sometimes people don't listen to voicemails, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll follow up with a, uh, uh, a text. Um, you know, if I, if I know that that customer personally, or if I have some sort of relationship with that customer, uh, but I'll, I'll do stuff like that. But I, I'd like your idea of, you, you don't have to call, call me back. back. Right. Yeah. And I, I think people laugh and they like it. You know, another thing, um, you know, Yasmith, that you might consider as you're talking, if you do get through to people, people right now are kind of cranky when they pick up the phone. A lot of times I'm saying, you know, things like, hey, good news. I'm not calling from the IRS. You know, people usually <laughs> laugh, you know, when they do, uh, you know, pick up the phone. But the other thing yeah. is make sure that you have the right number. Make sure you're Googling people, seeing what numbers are available for them. Yasmith calling after hours. Um, to get past the uh, receptionist, get to the computerized system to make sure you're getting the right extension if, if it's there. And then a lot of times right now, people have changed to their cell phone. So Google them online, look at their contact information, see if it's changed. You might be calling the wrong number, you know, as well. So yeah. good question, yeah. Yasmith, uh, from a home stuff. city there of Chicago. All right, uh, Roger uh, from Tampa asked this question. We're offering huge discounts <laughs> and no one is biting. Interesting. Roger. It blows my mind, he says. Any thoughts on why discounts of a great product are not uh, generating leads? Um, you mind if I take this one first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Your turn. So, you know, everyone thinks that by giving somebody a discount that they're just going to jump on it and it's going to be amazing. And I would say, actually, Roger, that offering big discounts very often devalues your brand and makes it seem like, well, why didn't you give me that price before? Why are you waiting till now to give me that price? Now, one of the things I love about my millennial buyers is that they demand transparency in pricing. And that's one of the many things that I love about the millennials that I work with, because I'm not an overly transparent person in the sales process. I tend to hide things a little bit. And so a lot of times what I'm finding from a lot of my buyers, millennials, boomers, doesn't matter, 
is that when you're offering a massive discount, a lot of times they're thinking, well, why didn't you just, why don't you just reduce your price, you know, in the beginning? Why are you doing it now? So I feel like it really does devalue your brand. So what I'd consider yeah. doing Roger, and then I'll let Mike chime in, is that I actually wouldn't reduce the price. I'd keep it the same and I'd offer greater value. So I would say the price is $50. If you're willing to sign up with this this week, we can also do X, Y, and Z or ABC for you as well, which has an additional value of say $200. So rather than discount, offer more value. And I think you'll find that if they're not biting now, they might buy then. I just feel like it devalues the, the brand. Um, what do you think, uh, Mike, of, of Roger's question? Now, a lot of the ad sales training that I've done and, and people that I've worked with is I always try and tell people not to sell with price. Um, that if you're selling on price alone, then you, one, you're never going to be able to get the, the price back up to where you want it to be. It's going to be a challenge. Yep. Um, and you've got to, like you said, you got to sell on what the value is. What, what is, what is your product? Why, why is your product better than the other products or better than the competitors? If you're purely selling on price, it's really going to be difficult, uh, to, to, to let those customers understand what the value of your product is. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So be careful about discounting friends. I know that it sounds like it might work, um, uh, but I just don't know that it does, uh, in, in, in post COVID world, whatever that means. Um, last, but definitely not least, we've got, uh, my friend, Tristan, uh, from uh, New York City, and I have a chance to email Tristan every now and again, and uh, she's just a really great uh, sales rep. Um, our webinars are nearly dead, she says. Only 50% are signing up to compare to the same time 60 days ago. Um, how could they have gone from hero status to zero status in uh, in such a short period of time? You want to tackle that one, Mike, or you want me to go? Uh, I've got some questions on this, though. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I, I totally agree that, you know, uh, that webinars have been great over the last three, four, five months. I do feel like they have slowed down a little bit, but yeah. I've also seen the frequency uh, pick up. I've seen the content is probably not as good. Um, I've seen some of the timing of some of these webinars are not just, you know, really fit into my schedule. Uh, so there, I think there's all kinds of things that you might be able to do to kind of flip the yep. webinar yep. Um, to, to help uh, get people to sign up and become a hero again. Um, is, that, is that some of the stuff that you were thinking? Yeah, too? yeah. So I feel like a webinar is a commitment. And so when you think about a webinar, you think about a commitment, a commitment of time. And even if you're offering on-demand playback, no one really knows exactly what that means. But even if you're offering sign up and we'll send you a replay of it, it still is a commitment of time, a commitment of giving your data over to somebody. And so I am I'm kind of turning, I love webinars. But I'm turning more towards taking those webinars and creating transcriptions of them so that people can potentially read those transcriptions, potentially breaking them up into multi-part series, recording the webinars in advance with the customer, and breaking that up into a multi-video series that you can promote. But I just say, Mike, I don't know what your thought is. I, I love webinars because I do them. I've done, since COVID hit, 260-some hours of nothing but webinars. So thank you um, for that. At my hourly rate, that adds up pretty, pretty well. <laughs> but when you think through this, friends, it's important to recognize that, you know, this has become a webinar society. I think people are just flat out worn out. And so because of the commitment, I would encourage people to flip it into a video series, um, do more Facebook Live type stuff, YouTube Live type of things. If you yeah. got the ability to be able to do streaming on LinkedIn, which is a rare commodity, not everybody gets approved. I couldn't get approved. Um, putting those videos in a series on LinkedIn uh, can help as well. And I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to generate leads, and that's great. So uh, whether you're using tools like Wistia or tools like that where you, when someone goes to watch the video, they have to put in their email address, 
There's lots mm-hmm. of different ways to kind of flip it, as Mike said. I like that turn of words there, Mike, yeah. is to flip that so that you have the opportunity to do what you need to do with the webinar. Now, people right. say all the time, though, what about the Q&A? You know, Mike, I don't know. I mean, I love Q&A on webinars, but is that the reason that you watch a webinar for the Q&A or do you watch for the content? I'm watching for the content, 100%. Yeah, that's There might thinking. be something I pick up for the Q&A, but usually not. One, one other thing, too, Ryan, that I wanted to tell you, some, some of our customers – have been when she were talking about the 50% of people that are signing up. We have several customers right now that are using uh, telemarketers to go back and people that have opted out or have not finished the form, uh, they can target those people. So nice. there, there could be a telemarketing campaign that says, hey, I know that you were interested in Webinar X. Um, you know, we still have space available or we still have some room if you want to uh, to, to, to watch it or, or be a part of it. So, uh, there is some efforts of people are going back to retargeting people that are opting out of the form or not completing the form. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you utilized open look, um, you could do that. And then if you utilize January spring, we talked to charity a little bit earlier in the show. If someone came to that form, you could remarket to them online. You would pixel that page and then remarket to them with advertising. They would follow them around on their iPhone and iPad, et cetera. Um, words with friends and, and continue to promote it to them. So it might also be Tristan, just the promotion via, e- via email is just not enough. So right. it's a good question. So yeah. right, good questions from Tristan, Roger and Yasmith, by the way, hopefully Yasmith, I'm saying that uh, correctly. So uh, thanks friends for those questions. Keep them coming into Ryan at Ryan Dorn.com D O H R N Ryan at Ryan Dorn.com. And uh, friends, Mike loves to strategize. So if you're a publisher or someone looking to do new sales projects or whatever, reach out uh, Mike at open-look.com. Mike at open-look.com. And uh, Mike, I imagine you're uh, happy about uh, baseball season being back in play. It's always nice to at least see at least see the Cubbies uh, play on uh, TV or your Rangers play on TV. So the Rangers or the Cubbies or anybody at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice to have sports back on. Yeah. It's helped, uh, it's helped my small talk game when talking to customers. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's sure. great. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, reach out to Mike over at Open Look. And uh, open-look.com and, and see how he can help you out with his uh, virtual teams and, and things like that. So, Mike, as always, thanks for dissecting the questions with me. You always have some great perspectives. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. My favorite time of the month. All right, friends. And that is our podcast for the month. My name is Ryan Dorn. And on behalf of the cast and crew over here at Brainswell Media, thank you so much for your support. You know, over the years, we've had uh, spent a lot of time together. And so it's a real honor for me that uh, every single month and all throughout the year, you give me such amazing support. Hey, if we're not connected on LinkedIn, uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Ryan Dorn, D-O-H-R-N. Love to connect with you on LinkedIn. And maybe you're looking for virtual training or virtual coaching. I'm here to help you uh, with that. Maybe you're doing a national sales meeting virtually. Happy to be a virtual speaker. You name it, uh, we can help. And my fingers are crossed. We'll be back together at conferences and doing some live training right here just around the corner. All right, coming up next is going to be a podcast all about prospecting and new business development, so stick around and stay close for that. Otherwise, let's end with what we started with. Remember, friends, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it, and they're not. So we're either crazy, (laughs) which is possible, or we found careers that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, God bless you all. Stay safe out there. We will see you next month. (laughs) 